Amen. Appreciate the good singing this morning. And uh, Miss Karen is going to be with us. Her and Brother Tim is here today. We're so thankful to have them. Brother Brian's mother and father. And uh, of course, they're no stranger here. And she's going to sing for us tonight two or three or maybe four songs. So we'll just see how that goes. And uh, I was going to sing her this morning. But I think it's preaching time. And so uh, how many of y'all glad to be saved? It's good to be in the house of God. And uh, I pray, uh, we got a great crowd this morning with so many folks that are still out due to sickness and things. And so I just appreciate the good number here this morning on a holiday weekend. Amen. Uh, If you'll look with us in the book of Luke, chapter number 16, while you're turning there, let me just say this. I uh, preached from Luke chapter 16 a few weeks ago. And uh, yesterday or late last night, early this morning, I had went into uh, my study there and was just praying and thought I knew what the Lord would have me to preach. But uh, this verse of Scripture just lingered with me last night. And then when I got up this morning, uh, God just put this thought on my heart. And so I want to be obedient to the Lord. And you know, you can go back to the same text and you can preach a totally different thought. Isn't that right? Because the Bible's alive. I mean, you could preach out of the same text week after week and never repeat yourself because the Word of God has such power. And so this morning, I want to, for the sake of time and familiarity of the text, we know Luke chapter 16 and verse number 19 concerning the rich man uh, and Lazarus. We know the story, so for the sake of time, I want to read two verses of Scripture and then bring the message in verse number 25. The Bible says, But Abraham said, Son, remember that thou in thy lifetime receivest thy good things. And likewise, Lazarus, evil things. But now watch this. But now he is comforted, and thou art tormented. Let's bow for a word of prayer. Father, I pray this morning in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, God, that you would give us liberty. Lord, I know that in in us dwelleth no good thing. Lord, we have no ability to do nothing this morning. And we desperately need you. We need your touch. And God, we need your presence more than we need life itself. And I pray the Holy Ghost would... Do the work in men's heart that we cannot do. I pray you'd rescue the perishing that's in this building this morning. I pray old time conviction on their soul. And God, I pray that you that drawing power of the Holy Spirit would be real and be manifested in our midst this morning. And Lord, we'll love you and we'll thank you in Jesus' name. Amen, amen. I was going to read two verses, but I really want to just focus on verse number 25 this morning. And if you're a Bible reader, if you know anything about the Word of God this morning, uh, you know Luke chapter number 16 is a text that deals with uh, this man. The Bible calls him a rich man. In verse number 19, as Jesus said, there was a certain rich man. And the Bible talks about this rich man in verse number 19. It talks about his bounty. As the Word of God said that he was clothed in purple and fine linen and he fared sumptuously every single day. And so this man had bounty. God had been good to him. And I want to stop and say this. You know, God is good to both the saved and to the lost. Amen. And we heard that this morning so good and wonderful in Sunday school as Brother Danny was talking about the goodness of God. And the Bible says that that is a tool that God uses uh, uh, to lead men to repentance. And here's a man that is lost, he is unsaved, and God has been good to him. You know, if a man came in this building this morning and was not saved, but he raised his hand and just praised God for being good to him, I would have absolutely no problem with that. For the Lord is good uh, uh, to every one of us. And so the Bible talks about his bounty. And then the word of God emphasizes in verse number 20 and 
21, it emphasizes his beggar. As the Bible said that there was a, a certain beggar named Lazarus which was laid at his gate full of sores and desiring to be fed with the crumbs which fell from the rich man's table. Moreover, the dogs came and licked his sores. Now here's a man that's got a, he's got bounty. God has blessed him with great riches, uh, but he's also got this beggar in his life. Uh, and you know, God never allows any of us uh, uh, to have encounters with other people that is, does not serve a plan or a purpose in all of our lives. Amen. What I'm saying is there's not an accident that you and I are together in this building this morning. I believe it's divine appointment, don't you? I believe that there God is a sovereign God. Uh, uh, God is an omnipotent God. He knows all things. Uh, and God, my friend, uh, allows our paths to cross for a specific plan and a specific purpose in life. You say, well, Brother Gravely, what was the purpose in, be in this beggar, Lazarus, uh, and this rich man's two lives coming together? It is that this man might know the way of salvation and the way to heaven. I see that this man, I see his bounty, I see his beggar, but then also in verse number 22, I want you to notice here, I see his burial. As the Bible said that it came to pass that the beggar died and was carried by the angels into Abraham's bosom, but notice this, the rich man also died and was buried. Now here's a man that God has blessed and this beggar has come into his life that could have been a great blessing to him and no doubt would have been a great friend to him but instead of him being a blessing, this beggar was a burden to him. And he didn't do anything to help this beggar. And the day, the day came in their life. I don't know if it was uh, close together at some uh, portion of time, but the Bible says clearly in verse 22 that the beggar died and he was carried by the angels to Abraham's bosom, but the rich man also died and was buried. I want to tell you something. Rich people do die. In all their wealth and all their prosperity and what seems like all of their power and prestige, Underneath all of that, they're just like everybody else. They, they're born, they live, and they die. We see people all the time that die. Uh, listen, some famous and some in such great power, and it looks with all their wealth and their riches as though they're going to live forever. But one day they, thaw, they, they draw their final breath and they leave this walk of life and they step into the realm of eternity, proving what the Bible says, that man is like a flower that fadeth away. Uh, he's like the grass that withereth. Uh, our life is a vapor that is here for a little while uh, and no amount of money and no amount of power and no amount of prestige or popularity or pleasures of any kind can give us one more second on this side of eternity. Notice the Bible said in verse 23, And in hell he lift up his eyes, being in torment, saith Abraham afar off. And he cried and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me and send Lazarus, that he may dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue, for I am tormented in this flame. Now verse number 25 is our text this morning. And Abraham said, Son, remember, now watch this, that thou in thy lifetime receivest thy good things, and likewise Lazarus, evil things. And I circled the next two words, but now, but now he is comforted, and thou art tormented. I want to preach a few minutes this morning on this subject, on eternity changes everything. Eternity changes everything. You see in this text this morning, verse number 25 is the present. 
If you go back to verse number uh, 20, uh, verse number 19, as it talks about Lazarus and, and this beggar's life, is talking in the past tense, but when you get to verse number 25 and, and he's talking to Abraham as they're in eternity, he says, do you remember the past life? Do you remember those past uh, uh, pleasures and living and, and the life that you lived on earth and how that you was comforted and, and how that you received the good things? He's talking about the past, isn't that right? Uh, and he said, Lazarus, received the evil things and that was in the past for that was in on earth and that was while they was here as Jesus was talking about their life in verses 19, 20 and 21 but when Abraham made that statement but now, amen he says to him he says the old life you was comforted and you had many things and God had been good to you and Lazarus had evil things a lot of things happened to Lazarus on this earth that was not pleasurable but he says now, he says eternity has changed everything. Now a man that went from, he said in verse number 25, receiving good things is now tormented. And a man that had evil things happen to him, he said is comforted. Eternity has now changed everything. For these two men, do you realize that from verse number 25 on, the Bible never again calls this man a rich man. He is never again remembered as a rich man anymore because the Word of God said in 1 Timothy chapter number 6 uh, that it is certain we brought nothing into this life and it is certain that we will take nothing out. Uh, uh, we'll leave every single uh, piece of money. We'll leave every single piece of material. We'll leave it all behind when we leave this walk of life. Uh, we cannot take the riches of this world with us uh, because eternity changes everything for him. He was never called a rich man again. But the positive side of that story is that Lazarus was never called a beggar again. Amen. I'm going to tell you, Lazarus was a beggar on earth. He was a burden to society, but he was a believer, amen? And when he died, he didn't have, listen, two nickels to rub together. Listen, cankered in sores with dogs surrounding him. He looked above the dogs of this world and he saw the angel band of that heavenly host coming, the Bible says, and they carried him over to Abraham's bosom and a man that had nothing on earth that died a beggar my friend gained everything in eternity. You know why that is? Because eternity changes everything, friend. If you look at me and you look at most of this crowd this morning, you say there are a bunch of crazy people come to church and shout and sing and cry and laugh and go to the altar. I mean, we're nothing to this society. The world looks on us as though we're nothing. But I'm gonna tell you something, friend. They've not seen the final product. Thank God you wait till we get to the other side. We may not have much down here, but thank God I know enough to get home tonight. And thank God we're going to heaven when this walk of life is over with. Isn't it good to be saved by the grace of God this morning? And friend, if you're saved, you ought to shout glory every day of your life. If you're saved, you ought to raise your hand when you go to church. You ought to thank God you're not going to hell this morning. You ought to bless the good name of God that the word of God came to your doorstep that the Holy Ghost fingered around your soul that he dealt with your heart and you got born in the family of God. Amen. I'm telling you, this is the quietest world we're ever living in. And if you boys this morning, if you're saved, you ought to say amen every time you go to church. 
church. You're to raise your hand and not be ashamed of it. I'm telling you, listen, if you know that your name's been written in the Lamb's book of life, if you know that you passed from death unto life, if you know you've come out of the graveyard, if you know there's somebody living on the inside, you're to praise God for that this morning, amen. I found something better than dope. I found hope, amen. I found something better than the mire of this world. I found the choir loft, hallelujah. I'm glad for the day he changed my hitching post. I'm glad for the day, thank God, he birthed me into his family and saved me by his marvelous grace. Isn't it good to know Jesus? Isn't it good to be saved? Isn't it good to be born again? You can shout or you can pout this morning. It doesn't make no difference to me. I'm just glad. I'm just glad. Brother Laddie, I'm just glad I'm not going to hell this morning. Amen. You say, preacher, you ought not act like that. Well, I can't help it. Amen. He's something stirring on the inside this morning. I'm glad eternity will change everything this morning. There's some of you, I feel sorry for you because all you have is religion. And I'm telling you, it's miserable. When all you got is religion. I couldn't imagine going to church every Sunday and just going to church because I thought it was the right thing to do. Now that's commendable, but you better have more than that. I couldn't go, I couldn't imagine going to church and the only thing I had to uh, to, uh, to boast in uh, was a list uh, of things uh, uh, that I have called accomplishments, uh, uh, spiritually speaking. Uh, I like what the songwriter said when he said, in my hand no price I bring, uh, but simply to the cross I cling. Uh, hey friend, I ought to be in hell. Uh, I'm telling you, if God wouldn't have passed by my way, uh, I'd be in a drunken stupor this morning, uh, uh, but I'm glad grace found me. I'm glad Jesus picked me up. Uh, I'm glad the blood washed away my sins and thank God I'm not what I used to be. I thank God aren't you glad you don't go the places you used to go. You don't do the things you used to do. I'm glad salvation will make a difference in your life. Amen. And eternity changes everything. This morning I think about this man who had everything in this world but nothing in the next world. And may I be clear in the message this morning, he did not go to hell because he was rich and Lazarus did not go to heaven because he was poor. Lazarus went to heaven because he was saved and the rich man went to hell because he was lost, amen. You can be rich and go to heaven, amen. But you don't have to be rich, isn't that wonderful? I'm glad that God didn't put a price tag on salvation this morning. Hey, when you got saved, friend, you didn't get a, listen, you didn't get an installment book, you didn't get on an installment plan when you got saved, you got a receipt, amen, that was stamped, paid in full by the blood of the lamb, Hey, you don't have to be wealthy. You don't have to be wise. You don't have to be famous. He said, come now and let us reason together, saith the Lord. He said, though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. I'm here to tell you this morning, God will save you from the guttermost to the uttermost. He'll take the rich, the poor, the black, the white. He'll take the wise, the unwise, the bond, the free. Hey, listen, salvation is for everybody this morning and salvation and eternity changes everything what I see in this text this morning is that three seconds into hell this man listen it did not matter how much prosperity 
It did not matter his position. He was a son of Abraham. And Abraham even calls him his son. But it did not matter his position. You may be here and say, I've been in church all my life, but that doesn't make you saints. You're here this morning and say, oh, preacher, if you knew the things I'd done, the way I'd live, uh, uh, you think Jesus would save somebody like me? I promise you, friend, he's saved far worse than you ever thought about being this morning. Uh, uh, salvation will take, change anybody's life. Uh, it'll change you for time and for eternity. What I'm saying this morning is that Jesus never promised us prosperity in this world. He never promised us the comforts of this life, but he did promise us that he'd go with us always, even unto the end of this world. He did promise he'd be a friend that would never leave us nor forsake us. He did promise we could let not our heart be troubled if we believe in God, we could believe in him. He did promise that he is the way, the truth and the life. I'm saying he'll save you if you'll trust him this morning. This man, he's now in eternity. How has eternity changed this man? I wanna say this morning that I see in this text here that eternity when I think about him, I think about how that eternity changed his place. He went from a comfortable place to the Bible says in verse 25 that now and now and thou art tormented. Here's a man that went from a place of comfort to a place of torment. Teaching us that you've got to prepare for eternity. God has given you an opportunity this morning to humble yourself and be saved. That's what, that's what this message is really about this morning is that every one of us be prepared that if today is our last day on earth, you see, friend, you may have a lot of plans. You may have a lot of ideas in mind, but you realize that if eternity comes into view in your life or in mine today, it changes everything. One trip to the doctor can change your life forever. And this man, I see that it changed his place. If you died this morning, honestly and truthfully, tell me, in your heart of hearts, where would you go this morning? I think there's a lot of people that think they're going to go to heaven. And I'm not talking about people that have heard the truth and sit under the truth and I'm not wanting to cast any doubt, but I'm talking about the fact that I talk to people all the time and I ask them, I say, now, if you died, where would you go? And they'll say things like this, oh, you don't have to worry about me. Me and the man upstairs, we, well, we, we got things worked out. Well, that tells me right now you're not saved because he's not the man upstairs. Somebody say amen. Amen. And you don't work things out, amen. You get saved and he works things in, but you don't work anything out, amen. I want to say, uh, uh, somebody wrote that old song years ago. Uh, me and Jesus got our own thing going. The only problem I got with that is it don't line up with this book, amen. I'm telling you the ground's level at the foot of the cross. Uh, and if you get saved, you'll have to get saved the same way that everybody else got saved. Uh, you'll have to come by way of the cross, uh, repent of your sins, uh, believe the gospel, and be saved on the terms of it this morning. Amen. But I hear people say, oh, I'm okay. You better have more than an okay. I talked to a man not too long ago. I said, sir, are you saved? He said, oh, I'm, I'm saved. He said, I, I've been saved many, many times. And I, said, that, I said, well, that's not really what I'm talking about. I said, let me tell you how to be saved. He said, I, I don't need to hear that. He said, I, I've been saved. He said, the Lord, he said, he saved me. You know what? He'd never been saved. And he didn't want to hear how to be saved. Because if you're truly saved, it's old, tell me that story again. 
I don't listen ever since you get saved. You can't hear it enough, Brother T.M. The more I hear it, the more I want to hear it. Amen. It's like that old song you used to sing. The old story never grows old. Amen. How Jesus died and saved my soul. I'm here to tell you this morning if you're saved, isn't it good? I'm not, I don't even need to be saved this morning, but isn't it good to hear a salvation message on a Sunday morning just to hear the truth of the gospel free it? I'm just simply saying you better check up this morning you better make sure if you draw your last breath today and you step out from the earthly into the eternal it will change everything where are you going when you die if you die today friend where are you going to go so preacher I've been a good person I, I haven't stolen I haven't cheated I haven't lied that doesn't, that doesn't have anything to be saved it's impossible to not sin but do you realize that if you could or if I could live a perfect life, now we know that's not possible, but let's just imagine for just a moment that, that I'm 42 years old. Let's imagine for 42 years, and you would have to really do some imagine on this. You have to really imagine what I'm about to tell you. But let's just imagine for 42 years, I did everything that my parents ever told me to do. I never disobeyed. I never told one lie. I never even thought a bad thought. I mean, we, we know that's not possible. But let's imagine that, that somehow I managed to accomplish that. And I did everything that I was supposed to do in 42 years. And I died. Do you know that I would still go to hell? It's impossible to do that. But even if it was possible, you say, well, wait a minute, preacher. If you never committed one sin, you mean you would still go to hell? Absolutely. You know why? Because people don't go to hell because of what they do. They go to hell because of what they are. David said in sin, did my mother conceive me? Meaning that man was born a sinner. Sin is in these veins this morning. And if you could somehow manage to live a quote-unquote perfect life and never do anything uh, wrong, you would still not make it into heaven, friend, because you must be born again. You must be saved. You must be born again. Jesus is the only one that can wash your sins away. He's the only one that can save you. And you must come and kneel and you must ask for his forgiveness. You must ask for his mercy if you want to be saved. It's yours this morning. But you can't be good enough to get there. Eternity changed his place. Eternity, let me say this, changed his perspective. Here's a man that fared sumptuously every day. Here's a man that, that was clothed in purple and fine linen, the very best that a man could wear, the most expensive garments and material. He's a man that threw a party every day, lavishly wasted and lavishly spent uh, things, never caring about the waste of that matter, never offering it even to a beggar or trying to be kind or be good to him. But I want to tell you what happened, my friend. Once this man went into eternity, he wasn't thinking about a party. He wasn't asking for a big steak. He wasn't asking for some big feast. All he wanted was one drop of water. His perspective of life has all of a sudden changed. He's not asking for luxuries. He's looking at the bare necessities of life itself. He is now a beggar. Eternity changed his perspective. You know, I talked to a man one time and I asked him about his salvation. This man was dying. And as I was talking to this man, he 
he was not receptive to the word of God at all. In fact, after a while, he told me, he said, I've heard all I want to hear. He said, there's the door. You can see yourself out. And I left that man in that condition, and he died and went out into eternity. And I thought a lot of times, Brother Laddie, I've thought to myself, I wonder what he thinks now. His perspective is different. If that man could press rewind on life and go back to that simple day, not because of me. I'm sure there was other people that witnessed that he told the same thing too, but if that man could rewind life back into to earth and could go back and could visit that time again, I'm sure that he would not show the door to anybody. His perspective on life would be different now in eternity. You see, in eternity, we're going to look at things a whole lot different than what we do down here. We see this life as though it is forever. We see the things of this life and we care for them as though they belong to us and they're ours to keep for all of eternity but they're really not we'll pass away and someone else will take them up and they'll just be left here and our name will soon be forgotten as if we never even entered this world you know what friend but it's not that way in eternity in eternity the soul of man never dies there's no exiting eternity you will live there forever and ever and ever how can you live with that do you know that you've been saved this morning it'll change your perspective As I mentioned earlier, if somebody was to come in this morning and say, you've got cancer and you've got three weeks to live. I remember one day me and a man went to visit a man that he worked with. He said, would you come visit this man? He said he has, uh, I think he had leukemia, I think is what it was, but he had a a disease of cancer of some nature and I, I believe it was leukemia. And he said, would you go visit this man with me? And I said, sure. And so I remember it was on a Tuesday. I just remember that day. And so Brother Laddie, we went over to his house and he lived He lived right over here on the other side of Chickamauga toward Rock Springs. And so we went and visited this man and he was probably about 22 years of age. And I remember sitting down in the living room and we talked to him and, and, and went to share the gospel. But come to find out this man had already been saved and he gave a good testimony of salvation. And so we talked a little while. And that man sat on that couch and he looked like there was was a young man, 22 years of age. Looked like there wasn't anything wrong with him as we had that conversation. And you know that he got that diagnosis. I think it was on Friday. We went and visited him on Tuesday. And 10 days after we visited him, he went out into eternity. He died that fast. And I don't know if I've ever seen anybody get cancer and be diagnosed and just be gone that fast. Uh, uh, friend, listen, you can be here today and gone tomorrow. Amen. You can get in your car with a perspective of what you're going to do today only to find out that you're leaving this church house uh, and that you're entering a whole nother world uh, that has nothing to do with this world. My question to you this morning is uh, how would you fare in eternity today? How is it with your soul this morning? Do you know that you've been truly saved by the grace of God? Because eternity, eternity, it changes everything. The things that mean so much to us down here will mean nothing in eternity. I want to say this in closing. It changed not only his place, his perspective, but it changed his priorities. This man, for all all of a sudden, he's talking to Abraham about his brethren. And he's not just talking to them about having a casual conversation, but all of a sudden he's talking to Abraham about spiritual matters. Here's a man that never cared anything and gave time to 
anything in the spiritual realm, but all of a sudden, he's not just concerned about himself, but now he's concerned for others. I ask every one of us that are saved this morning, eternity changes everything, not just for us, but for those around us. What would do all of us, this preacher included, very good this morning, is to stop and think about somebody in our family that we are not sure is saved. They may say they're saved, but let's just examine their life for just a moment this morning. If they died like they're living, where do you think they would go? I have family members this morning. Brother David, they tell me they're saved. Some of them, I'm quite certain they're not saved. There's a few family members that tell me they're saved. That Can I be honest with you? I, I have laid in the bed at night and thought to myself, and I have prayed. I said, God, they say they're saved, but I see no evidence of salvation in their life, never have. And God, I, I don't know how they can be saved and continue in sin and, and live that way. That's not what the Bible says. And so I just pray for them as if they're lost. But if they was to die this morning, if, if Jesus was to come back and the church was to be taken, I, I fear that they wouldn't go to heaven this morning. I think one of the missing elements in our churches today is that the devil has so used entertainment, he's so used uh, uh, the pleasures, even inside the walls of the church house, that the church is more used to being entertained than they are to, uh, uh, to carrying a burden for somebody. Do you remember those days when people came to church under a burden for somebody, and you would have a prayer meeting night, and somebody would say, and that I mean, just weeping, they would say, pray for my sister or pray for my husband or pray for my, my cousin, pray for my mom or my dad. Do y'all remember those days? Uh, there's a lot of people sitting here that does not remember those days. Uh, this front row does not remember those days. Uh, but some of you gray-haired saints uh, and some of you middle-aged folks remember those days uh, when Wednesday night prayer meeting me uh, that we piled in the altar. We got under a real burden. We wept over souls. Uh, and then we left the church house and we went after them, amen, because eternity changes everything in their life. I'm here to ask you this morning, friend, how is your burden this morning? You say, preacher, I'm saved and going to heaven. That's good and that's wonderful, but are you weeping for somebody that's going to hell? Have you passed a track out lately? Have you knocked on a door? Have you gave the gospel to somebody? Where is your burden this morning? Because it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter this morning how much money you make. It doesn't matter how many toys you can have in the garage. It don't matter how many places in this world you can run your family here, there, and yonder. And and I'm not against recreation. You know that. But we're drunk on it in this society. People think they're going to salvage their homes. I'm going to tell you the thing about being a good dad and a good mom. It's being spiritual. Amen. Walking with God. Am I telling you the truth this morning? I watch some of these people in church sometime and they, it's none of my business. But it is some of my business, I think. Because you're to watch for their souls. I'm probably going to get in trouble here, but I need to say what I'm going to say. I watch these parents take their kids And before you get mad at me, listen to what I'm going to say because I'm telling you, I'm not preaching to be ugly. I'm telling you to burden my heart. They put their kids in all these sports and activities and they got to have a vacation 
I'm fixing to take a vacation. You know I'm not against vacation. I'm fixing to take one. I'm not against you taking a vacation. But they think they got to take a vacation every month or two months. or I One, I don't know how they afford that. Y'all know what I'm talking about? I mean, I'd have to sell the shoes off my feet and all of y'all's too just to, <laughs> just to do something, you know, go somewhere. But they put them in all these activities. And they think that, well, that, that makes me a good dad or that makes me a good mom. I'm going to tell you something. You give your kids to the world, I promise you, you can get upset with me about what I'm going to say, but I'm obligated to tell you the truth. You push your kids and you push your kids and you push your kids to the world, I'm going to tell you where you're pushing them. You're pushing them right out that door. You're pushing them right away from God. And I tell you what they'll do when they get older. They'll look at a church like this and they'll turn their nose up and say, I don't want anything to do with old-time religion. They'll either quit church altogether or I'll tell you what they'll do. They'll go, go join some liberal contemporary mess down the road where there's no presence and there's no conviction and they'll make a false profession. And friend, you may feel good about it here, but eternity changes everything. While we stand this morning, I think the preachers that people so despised and didn't want to hear because maybe they weren't soft-spoken and maybe they, maybe they were somewhat of a wreck of a man in personality. They really didn't want to hear what they had to say. They will in eternity. I wonder this morning in this congregation, I wonder who's saved this morning. Only you know that. And I promise you if the Holy Ghost is talking to you, He'll not confuse you this morning. He'll make it very clear. It'll be crystal clear that you need to be saved, that you need to come this morning. Our heads are bowed, eyes are closed, Christians are praying. Oh, I'll ask you this morning. I've really tried to just pour my heart out. I ask you this morning. Friend, if you died right now in the condition you're in, would you be honest with me? Would you just be honest? And more so, would you be honest with the Lord and yourself? I want somebody here to say, Preacher, I don't want you to embarrass me. Don't come to me. But would you pray for me? Because if I died, honestly, I don't think I'd go to heaven. Not in the shape I'm in. And I want to lift my hand. I want to ask you to pray for me. I'll not come to you. But God knows I'll pray for you. Is there somebody here this morning? Just by an uplifted hand, would you have enough courage and concern for your soul to say, Brother Gravely, pray for me this morning. I, I don't know if I'm saved. I don't know where I'd go, but I don't want to go to hell. And I want to ask you to pray for me. Is there anybody here this morning? Anybody? Anybody at all in this congregation that would say, I'm not ready. I'm not saved. I wonder how many people this morning could raise their hand and say, I know I'm saved. There's no doubt about it. If I died right now, I know I'm going to heaven. I've been born again. I've done what the Bible says. It's not my way, it's God's way. You hold your hand up real good and high. You say, I know that this morning. Beyond a shadow of a doubt, if I draw my last breath, I'm going to heaven. Hey, listen, friend. You can put your hands down. I don't know why this is, but there's hands that's not lifted. And I don't know why you didn't didn't raise your hand, but I want to tell you this morning, you can know you're saved. And God wants to save you. And I want to see you saved. And this church wants to see you saved. Nothing more than would thrill us than to see you walk the aisle and come this morning 
and say, Lord, I, be merciful to me, a sinner. He'll show you mercy. He'll save your never-dying soul if you'll come this morning. Brother David's going to sing. I want to invite you. Would you please come while he sings this morning?